All right, Alberta, we need to have a talk here. Not all of you, but some of you have, um, well, you, you got a lot of people angry. We touched on this earlier in the show, and I talked about how I can't wrap my head around how somebody can just decide that I don't want to do this dog thing anymore and, and, and surrender their, their pet. Now, I understand there are circumstances where that has to be done, and I'm sure it's absolutely heartbreaking for some people to have to be in that position, and that's what shelters are for. But right now in our province, we have far too many people that have just decided uh, it's too much work or the pandemic's over, things have changed. Uh, basically, just I don't want to do this anymore. So they're shirking the responsibility and handing the pets off to these shelters that are now seeing so many surrenders and so few adoptions, they can't keep up. And this is right across the province and I imagine other parts of the country because we've done stories before in the Toronto area where they were dealing with massive numbers of animals and all the things that go with that. So we're going to get an update now on what's happening in the province of Alberta because it's not good. We're going to chat with Deanna Thompson, who is uh, executive director of ARCS and um, Safe Haven and Veterinary Hospital. Uh, Deanna, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate your time. Thanks so much for having me. Just give us an update of what's going on in your shelter right now. How, how bad is It's the Alberta Animal Rescue Crew Society, we should say, not just ARCS, but um, how are things uh, where you guys operate? Uh, you know, it's really busy. We are running at capacity and have been for, for quite a while, and the calls just won't end. Our staff are extremely stressed out. Uh, unfortunately, we've had to say no to a large number of animals, and we're just really worried about what's going to happen if, if our shelter can't take them and the one yeah. down the road can't, what's going to happen to these animals. We have seen an increase in the number of people looking to surrender their pets of 250% from two years ago. Um, that's Holy a lot cow. of animals. And unfortunately, it's a bit of a perfect storm in that adoptions are down. So we can only care for a certain number of animals and they need to be able to move out and be adopted so that we can rescue more. So again, like I said, a bit of a perfect storm, throw in really low donations and, um, uh, it's, it's bad. along with everybody else are really struggling right now. Okay. Deanna, let's, I, I think the understanding and I've read about this and I know you've talked about this. It, it looks like this is all related to the pandemic, right? Because when it started two years ago, there was an increase in adoptions or people taking on new pets that maybe hadn't done it before, right? That was something that happened when this whole mess began. Massive numbers of people looking for animals. We couldn't keep animals for adoption on our site, uh, you know, a day they were adopted. Uh, and, you know, we saw a lot of people getting animals uh, from breeders and from K Kijiji because they couldn't even adopt. There was hardly any to, to be had. We saw two great years for adoption, which we're really proud of. Uh, to be able to have found so many animals' homes. And, you know, surprisingly, we haven't seen that many returns. We're seeing more people looking to surrender pets that may have gotten their animals, you know, uh, from Kijiji or from ads elsewhere and didn't really take the time to think about what that long-term commitment looked like. I know when we were doing adoptions in the last two years, we really pressured people into thinking about that long-term and then, you know, the, the second part was the lack of socialization that the animals got through really no fault of the, the pet yeah. owner. You know, they couldn't go um, to, to puppy class and all of those things. So now two years later, we have 
um, dogs that are now adults uh, that lack socialization and are dealing probably uh, with that's a big part of what we're seeing is behavioral problems. Um, we had company over and the dog bit, you know, I had I've never seen this behavior before, um, but they probably also hadn't had people in their house for sure. two years. Uh, and, you know, proper introductions, all of those things are important. The other behavioral issue is separation anxiety as people go back to work and those animals are not prepared to be alone. Because they never have been. It's brand new to them, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it is something that needs to be worked through. It, You know, these animals can't overcome it. I had a dog with separation anxiety when I first adopted her as well. Uh, so there are options out there, dog walkers, doggy daycare, um, you know, working with your employer um, to to do part days until those things can um, be resolved or having somebody come over during the day. Those kind of things we can do to try and keep pets in their home and out of shelters. Um, and, you know, it can happen with cats as well, surprisingly. A lot of people think it's just dogs. Um, but you can see separation anxiety in cats too, oh, which may result in uh, peeing outside the litter box or scratching things they're not supposed to. Interesting. Okay, but but like you say, um, the, the, these problems that people are encountering, they can be overcome, right? I mean, we, sure, you've it's been an odd situation. That can be understandable. But rather than just surrender the animal, you can work on addressing these problems, right? Yeah, 100%. I mean, there's always going to be situations, like you said, where it's in, you know, they just can't help yeah, it. of course. Um, but there is uh, a lot of options out there, uh, including speaking to trainers, doing your research. Uh, like I said, utilize invest in that animal and, and take them to to classes to get a dog walker, um, work with them and learn about animal behavior because we can change behavior in animals if that's what the problem is uh, and realize that, you know, we've committed to, to 10 years and uh, you can overcome these issues uh, just like we will if they're surrendered yeah. here. We'll work with our team, you know, to help rehabilitate these dogs and find a new home. You can do that yourself. Um, um, it just takes some time and commitment. Uh, again, like I said, there are going to be times when people can't, or it's a stray animal. Um, you know that we're, those are the ones we really want to focus on are the animals that have no home uh, and would love to see the animals that are in homes continue to stay in home uh, and work through issues if they can, so that we can help those in most need who have no one. Um, you know these these stray animals that really need us. Um, so, Deanna, a couple of ways that I want to ask you about how Albertans can help if they're interested. And I know one of them, and I don't know if a lot of people have considered it, is fostering. Where, okay, you're not, gonna, you're not adopting the animal, but if you have the time and you have the space and you have the heart, you can bring an animal in for, I don't know, like, what are the, how does that work? How does a fostering program work? What's the obligation? Yeah, fostering is a wonderful way to have a pet in your life without making that long-term commitment. So we pay for everything and provide uh, everything someone would need to have a pet, whether that be a kennel, dog food, dishes, um, same with cats, cat trees, beds, you name it. And you just have to care for that pet like you would your own uh, pet until we can find a perfect home for it. So it can last anywhere from, say, a couple of weeks and we find them a new home to a few months. Perhaps you're fostering an animal with medical needs that they 
have to overcome. We pay for all of that. Uh, so there should be no cost to the family aside from driving that animal to the vet clinic, uh, that sort of thing. And um, yeah, we have a great team of people that will help screen wonderful families uh, to find them a new home. And, and, and honestly, fostering saves lives. Every animal that leaves our shelter and goes into a foster home makes room for another animal to come in. So really you're saving two lives, that animal that you're taking in and that space to allow another animal to come in. So um, we saw a huge increase in fostering during COVID. Uh, unfortunately, that too has gone down with adoptions. People are busy, um, you know, whether it's camping or going on vacation or mm -hmm. back to school or work. We have lots of full-time um, people that still foster animals. So uh, anyone can do it. Um, if you live in an apartment, it's fine. Uh, you name it, we're, we have options available. We even have fosters that will do weekend coverage for, for fosters that are going away. So maybe oh, wow. you can't commit to that long term, but you'd like to be a foster home for the weekends, uh, you know, when a foster's gone camping and we need to, that animal can't go camping with them. So lots of great uh, ways and or volunteering at the shelter. We have shelters in both Edmonton and Calgary where people can come and help us walk and clean and feed uh, the animals that are there. Uh, multiple shifts per day uh, where people can help, um, you know, work with the, directly with the animals, but potentially not be able to have them in their home for allergies or other reasons. Uh, a good question from Bill, and I, I think I might be in this position. He says, what happens if you foster a dog and then you decide, you know what, I really like this dog and I want to keep it. Now, if, if there was a lot of medical bills and things like that, are you on the hook for those? Or is it possible to decide, you know what, I really like this dog and I want to make it part of my home? How does that work? I mean, ideally, we don't want our fosters to adopt so we can keep them, you know, rotating through animals in need. But we know that that happens. So if you fall in love with your foster dog, uh, we do allow them to adopt them. You just have to pay the adoption fee like a regular adopter would. Perfect. Okay. And of course, uh, goes without saying, but donations for all of these shelters across the province right now, the cost of these animals and caring for them and veterinary bills. One shelter saying they were spending $100,000 a month just on vet bills. So um, cash is always king, right, Deanna? That's right. Our vet bills are over a hundred grand every single month, no matter what's coming in. Um, we, it's expensive and uh, vet care right now is really hard to come by. We're lucky to have a vet clinic in Calgary, but we don't have one in Edmonton. Um, so yeah. And then, you know, we have, we're running shelters. We're paying utility costs like everybody else. You saw your utility bills go up mm -hmm. so our, our food costs are going up. So, and donations are down. So, you know, even 10 or $15 a month, uh, if you can become a monthly donor, will make a huge difference in the lives of animals. Uh, we currently are running a lottery uh, with a 50-50. Sales are down for that. We're only 42% sold. We really need to sell tickets for that. So if you're into that and uh, would like to potentially win up to $50,000 or more, um, grab a ticket on our website. That will really also help us help these animals. Uh, uh, thank you so much for joining us this morning, and, and thanks so much for the work that you do. Uh, can't thank you enough. It's fantastic. Appreciate your time. Thank you so much. That is uh, Deanna Thompson, the Executive Director of ARCS. Canada Safe Haven Veterinary Hospital, as she said, they've got shelters uh, in different parts of the province, and uh, all—I mean, you—you you name it. All of the shelters in Alberta right now are, are seeing the exact same situation and need your help.